Hey, it's Rachel here with your radio sisters, Bo and Allie, and all the radio hugs to you for hanging out right here with us. It's time for the Mulberry Lane Show. Well, we put this show together every week for you. Now, think about it. Creativity and struggle are two common human experiences, and you can't really have one without the other. So here today is where you can explore the creative process through the eyes of those who are really killing it in their fields. And you also get the behind the scenes look at the struggles, not just the shiny parts, we're talking the raw and the real. So you can see your path a little clearer. That's right, Allie. And today, guys, you're going to hear all about comparisonitis. That's a big one. (laughs) We're talking about, you know, when you're scrolling through your social media feed and you see someone who's really doing it well and you get that feeling of not enoughness and you start comparing and maybe finding fault with what you're doing, maybe in any aspect of your life. Well, today we're going to stop that right now. And you're going to hear from three guests and how they handle that self-comparison game. Rachel, you guys, we're so glad you're here, and our hope for you is to take away something from this episode and drop it into your lives so you can feel a little more joyful about you. Let's get to it, sisters. Let's do it, Bo. The Mulberry Lane Show's on. Celebrity story songs. You're gonna have it going on when we tell you who's stopping by now. Dave Perner of Soul Asylum. They won a Grammy for this song. Runaway train. And they're a multi-platinum selling band. Now, Dave, hangs out with you on your weekend. If your life is not going the way you want it right now, Dave has some advice for you. You're going to love Dave's gritty realism and how he's learned to live with his depression. He'll give you some tools for that. And he has a particularly positive approach for dealing with comparisonitis. Yes, a rather surprising answer from Dave Perner. (laughs) Dave Perner and Soul Asylum are going to be at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Sioux City this weekend. Mm -hmm. Who's next, Rachel? Well, you guys know actress Missy Pyle from movies like As Good As It Gets with Jack Nicholson, Galaxy Quest, Gone Girl, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, just to name a few. Now she's here to talk about the hit YouTube drama series called Impulse. It's just starting its second season. And if you're a multi-hyphen creative like Missy, she also side hustles with the band and a podcast, then you're going to love to hear how she keeps it all going and how she deals with comparisonitis. All right, sisters, who's next? Okay, guys, what do Joe Namath, Phil Spector, and George Benson have in common? Well, music producer Charles Wellert, who basically has worked with a who's who in the music business. He's here to talk all things creativity, plus his new music with Benny Marsala, A Special Kind of Love. How he deals with comparisonitis will have you humming a different tune. Can't wait to hear all about it. Well, next up on the show, you've seen her on the Cooking Channel, Food Network, and Good Morning America. Get to know Tegan Gerard. Now, you can count me as a fan of her new cookbook, Half-Baked Harvest Super Simple. More than 125 recipes from instant overnight meal-prepped and easy comfort foods. Sounds great. Yep. You're going to like her personal story of how she learned how to cook. It basically came out of a need. She comes from a family of seven kids. Oh, boy. Got to do a lot of cooking for that crew. Yep. And she'll speak right into your life. Life about that social media scroll that has you in a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, before we take a deep dive into the show, as you guys might know, all of us sisters here at Mulberry Lane, we tend to run late everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. So Rachel has a story about this. It's time for the sister coffee chat. And every week, this is brought to you by Classic Rock Coffee, 72nd Military in Omaha, where two things we love, coffee and rock and roll, come together. 
and talking. <laughs> yeah, totally <laughs> true. Okay, this week, Rachel had a really good reason for running late. For once, she was actually meeting me. She just wasn't showing up. I couldn't reach her on the phone. And then finally, I figured out what happened. Rachel, tell the story. Okay, well, so the whole family went out to Wendy's for chili. It was one of the cooler nights earlier this week. Mm-hmm, it's getting there. Willow, my middle schooler, went out to order a Frosty. We were just wrapping things up. And Scott, you know, takes all the trash off the table, throws it all away. And we're on our way to meet Allie. And Willow says, oh, my retainer. Ah, those dreaded words. (laughs) Yes. So as it turns out, Willow had wrapped her retainer in a napkin because it was grossing her little brother out. And then Scott cleared the table and threw everything away, including the retainer. Oh my gosh. So did you guys have to go through the trash? So we went back to Wendy's and we had to ask if we could search through the trash. And we did. Piece by piece, we took other people's trash out of this. (laughs) That is such a hard job. Yes. So gross. And then finally, like, oh, I think that's it. And then we reached down and there it was. So anyway, we uh, very, very diligently disinfected it. And now we're back on schedule. So that's why I was late, Allie. That's why you were late. (laughs) Well, guys, this next interview you were going to hear, we had to reschedule several times. But when we finally nailed it down, it was so worth the wait. Yep. Dave Perner of Soul Asylum coming up next. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show. See yourself a little clearer. This segment is brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology, Advanced Comprehensive Medical, Surgical, and Cosmetic Dermatologic Care. BraddockFinnegan.com It's your weekend getaway, guys. You're hanging out here on the Mulberry Lane Show. It's Allie along with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo. Glad you're here with us. Runaway Train, the Grammy-winning hit by Soul Asylum, turned 25 this year, and Dave Perner, lead singer and songwriter of the band, is swinging by your weekend right now to chat the music in the upcoming show this weekend at Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Sioux City, Iowa. Welcome, welcome to the show, Dave Perner. All right. It's great to be here. Wow, we got sung back by Dave Perner. <laughs> okay, so what can fans expect from the show? Well, we're uh, rehearsing a mixed bag of things. We okay. uh, practiced last night. We played a few songs that I was a little rusty on, but uh, <laughs> they sounded pretty good. So, yeah, we're going to try to throw as many curveballs in there as we can without you know, striking ourselves out kind of thing. There you go. So, that balance. You, you have know. to find that balance. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. That's right. So you'd be playing new stuff? And I think three or four new things in there, okay. I think. And, of course, all the expected songs, too, I'm sure. Yeah, I suppose. Cut a deal at practice last night that instead of Runaway Train, we could play a Jimi Hendrix song <laughs> just because. <laughs> um, I think you might have a riot on your hands if you didn't play Runaway Train. Well, let's talk about that song, because that song really kind of was the reflection of your depression. So many people have adopted different meanings. So as the songwriter and knowing where it came from for you, how gratifying is it to see people really latched onto that song and continue to? Uh, It's weird. I can't explain it very well, other than there's something definitely happening that's bigger than bigger than me uh-huh. or something it's like wherever i go people have a personal relationship with that song recently somebody in the front row just started bawling and i 
like, ah, God, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, people have kind of taken it and put their own meaning to it. Yep. Depression is such a common thing. Do you still battle it, and have you found ways to help yourself through it? I guess it's like anything else. You sort of get used to it, and you adopt to it. The the most poetically I've heard it put is uh, Leonard Cohen said, "It's, it's just the water that I swim in. It's almost like a second nature thing. It's not something that bothers me anymore because okay. I just sort of always been this way a little bit. It was shocking at first to find out that, you know, I was susceptible to clinical sadness. Right. That's kind of f***ed up. I was like, oh, no, what? Yeah. So, and that was early on in the career. That was what led to you writing Runaway Train, which became the big hit. So then, after the big success, would you say you were more or less susceptible to depression? I mean, I think everything gets a little bit more uh, exaggerated. Mm-hmm. So to that effect, it's like, oh, it's even a bigger deal now because, you know, there's more people paying attention to me. Right. It's the waters <laughs> you're swimming in and everyone's watching you. Mm-hmm. The fishbowl. The old fishbowl. Hey guys, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Dave Perner of Soul Asylum right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So take us back to those early days and some of the things that went right for you in the beginning that led to your success that you think. God, and it seemed like nothing went right for 10 okay. years. We used to make jokes about a black cloud that followed us around. You know, anything that can go wrong is going to go wrong. And it just seemed like a farce like everything was booby trapped you know yeah okay so um, what kept you going then it just kind of becomes a joke and then you just kind of start laughing and then you kind of expect everything to go wrong <laughs> and then you kind of make the best out of it and then it turns into this kind of tragic comedy that you start playing off of really and but then you never the, wanted to quit though i mean it didn't get to the point where it's like okay the signs are all there. We need to hang this up. No, I mean, it It often turned into smashing up the gear or something like that. But okay. it, it always kind of had some sort of a folding in on itself in this kind of origami kind of <laughs> way where it was a, it kind of became part of the, so do you the think- show. It's, everything <laughs> is falling apart and everything is breaking and... You know, it's a riot, and we're going to continue to break things, and we're going to continue to laugh. So do you think that, you know, just embracing that helped lead to your success? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I don't think we would have ever gotten anywhere if we didn't start to kind of make fun of ourselves. Every time something goes wrong, we all have a hissy fit and go take our balls and go home, you know. Because, you know, in the music business... It is such a yeah. difficult mm-hmm. ride that, you know, things yeah. go wrong probably more often than they go right. So then it when sucks. you started having the success, were you just like, whoa, this is weird? Or were you laughing at the success, too? Uh, yeah, we were just kind of like this even more ridiculous, kind of. <laughs> but, you know. So do you think it was the friendship between the three of you original members that kind of pushed through all of that? Yeah, I mean, once you recognize absurdity as a force that's working against you and you're the team that's either embracing the absurdity or trying to you know sort of get something done amongst it yeah it becomes part of the fiber yeah i love that you were 
being so honest about this. This is really fascinating. For anyone listening whose life is like falling apart or, you know, maybe they're in a band that's falling apart, they can listen to what you're saying and be like, okay, it's okay. Oh, yeah. You got to make the best of it. And probably more often than not, it, somebody that can come across as some sort of an artist will use it. What your art is, is often involves your mistakes and it often involves your frustration and you turn it all into something that it's who you are and it's right. you know hopefully entertaining to someone else right. <laughs> <laughs> at least someone and else i think there was a lot of that you know there was right. a lot of that in the early days of punk rock there was always some show that we were at where some band was having a worse time than we were the pa was falling apart and the band on stage was throwing at each other and spitting on each other and the crowd hated the band right. and the band hated the crowd and and that was part of the punk rock thing yeah. and there was a lot of just you know guys on stage just having a breakdown having a moment <laughs> now before we let you go every week we have a theme and you're kind of speaking to it already but our theme for the show is comparisonitis you know how we tend to compare ourselves to others and especially today on social media what advice do you have from what you've learned about how to get out of that. That just makes me so happy to not have had social media like when I was in high school yes. or something. That you know, for the first time in a while, I'm sitting here going, "Ah, f I'm glad I'm not that young." <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny feeling, but I kind of like it. <laughs> right. So what about, really quick, what about for someone who is, I mean, even for you guys, as you were climbing, did you ever get caught up in comparing yourself to other bands? I think there was other people in the band that were more competitive than me, and okay. there were people in the band that were not competitive at all. Um, and you're somewhere you know, in the middle? Well, I mean, my recollections are extremely healthy i mean i always saw a lot of camaraderie i mean for the longest time there was very very little attention given to any of these bands you know then some band would go get a major label deal and of course a lot of other people got jealous i right. mean that is bound to happen it's part um, of it. not my experience you right. know i mean i was pretty happy you know, when the replacements and who's could do got major label deals, I didn't think, oh, they don't deserve it. I thought, well, gosh, maybe we're next. And we were. Had they not yeah. gone first, we might have not had a chance. It kind of has a, a trickle sort of effect that trickle is not the word I was looking for. <laughs> but, um, you know. We get it. <laughs> All right. Well, Dave, what do you hope people take away from the performance? God, I, I hope they uh, are just blown away by how awesome we are. <laughs> I'm sure that yeah. will happen. <laughs> That's the best answer ever. Short, <laughs> succinct, and to the point. <laughs> well, Dave, we want to thank you so much for joining us again. Love spending time chatting with you and hearing about everything. And especially appreciate your honesty. All right. Take care. Thanks. It's Dave Perner, Soul Asylum. Catch them at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Sioux City, Iowa this weekend. And if everything's falling apart for you right now, he's reminding you, you can embrace it and still be successful. We'll be right back with Hollywood actor Missy Pyle coming up next right here on the Mulberry Lane Show, where you can see your possibilities.
Dr. Mary Finnegan of Braddock Finnegan Dermatology is here to tell you about Aqua Gold. So Aqua Gold is a small vial that has small stainless steel needles that are finer than a human hair in which we can leave product in the surface of the skin. The procedure takes about 15 minutes for the whole face. It gives a very dewy look, an airbrushed look. There's mild redness, otherwise no downtime at all. Aqua Gold at Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. That's BraddockFinnegan.com. Need some time to yourself? Drop the kids off at that pottery place at 78th and Dodge in Beverly Hills Plaza, November 9th and December 14th from 6.30 to 8 for Kids Night Out. They'll create art, munch on pizza and goodies, and you can take some needed time for yourself. Find out more at pottery.placeomaha.com. Get a creative boost right here for your week. I'm Bo, here with my sisters, Rachel and Allie. The Mulberry Lane Show. Well, actress Missy Pyle, you know her from movies such as As Good As It Gets with Jack Nicholson, Galaxy Quest, Gone Girl, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, just to name a few. Well, she's here to talk about the hit YouTube drama series called Impulse. Now, it's starting its second season. And guys, if you're a multi-hyphen creative like Missy, she also has a band and a podcast. You're going to love to hear how she keeps it all going and how or if she keeps her sanity. Welcome, welcome to the show, Missy Pyle. So good to be back. Yeah, it's so good to have you on the show. So let's first talk about the series. So people who haven't seen it, you know, what are fans in for when they tune into Impulse on YouTube? Impulse is this show about a 17-year-old girl. She's rebellious. She's an outsider. And I play her mom. And I take her from town to town to town. And we end up in this small town called Reston in upstate New York. And all of a sudden, she finds out that she can teleport. Okay. You know, she finds out through a traumatic experience. She's in a car with a boy who's beginning to sexually assault her. And her body, like, takes her out of the situation. And in the meantime, crushes the car. Like, the teleporting is very violent. She ends up you know, smashing into her bedroom, the ceiling falls a little bit, and then the kid is paralyzed. Like, there's your opening. Wow. <laughs> so it's sort of That's like, some drama. Yes, and like, the kid is, his dad is the most powerful person in town, and he ends up sort of coming in and trying to figure out what happened, and she has to create some stories to keep the attention off of her teleporting, obviously. I don't even know she's teleporting. I just okay. think she's possibly got epilepsy so it ends up just being this crazy story about this town they wanted to create a compelling story that teleporting just happens to be a part of it it's not like a superhero show okay so how did you come to the series i mean i came through it through an audition i had just adopted a child from birth so i was a new mom and so it was exciting for me to cast a mom role actually as a mom for the first time right and which is as you know, as you know, it's like being a mom is, whoa. It's, it, it's life-changing. It's a lot different. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the girl who plays my daughter, Maddie Hoffman, is such an extraordinary, she's a powerhouse. She's so talented. She's so smart and so good in this, in this role. So it's really uh-huh. fun to... So you guys to, play off of each other well. Yeah. Yes. And I normally do comedy, so it was really exciting, too, to be able to play this mom mm-hmm. in a dramatic role and a, with a child. So now what part of you do you think you uncovered doing more of the dramatic stuff? Well, I just think, again, like, being a mom of my daughter, it opened up a different part of me, too, where it's like, all of a sudden, my focus is now not me, it's this Uh other person, Uh and there's no manual that comes with a child, you're just like, whoa, (laughs) and now, all of a sudden, there's a lot of, like, oh, am I doing this right, am I doing this right, 
what happened to my face? Not to mention all the emotions you have to navigate. Right, through. and their emotions right. too. I mean, you're basically their guide. You're helping them become an adult. Your whole purpose is to just guide them along so they can go out in the world on their own. And right. you're like, oh. So much responsibility. Well, guys, if you're just joining the party, you're hanging out with actor Missy Pyle here on the Mulberry Lane Show. You're a multi-hyphen creative along with a mom. And I think Mm -hmm. in all those situations, it's so hard to keep everything going because, you know, you have your music, you have this series and, you you know, it sounds like you're doing some other acting things, plus the podcast. How do you fit everything in? The thing about a lot of these acting roles, this one was one that did take up an enormous amount of my time, but, I, you know, I had to move to Toronto to do it. But, you know, I do have a lot of time off. I very rarely am the main character in okay. something. So I actually end up having a lot more free time and I don't have another job, so I do have that time. And as far as, like, Music is something that, you know, I do when I can. At the moment, I'm spending more time, you know, being a parent and working on some of these shows. And then the podcast, we record like one episode a week, and then we have to listen to an episode and make notes. And so it's just a little bit of... uh, I am a little tired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. These jobs are finite, you know. We don't know if we'll get a third season, but... Right. So there's that question always on your mind, too. Yeah. So now, comparisonitis is something we all face, whether it's, you know, scrolling social media or, you know, watching other parents, how they raise their kids and is their kid doing better Mm -hmm. than mine? And and then also, of course, in the entertainment business, so much of that comparison stuff. So how do you deal with that? And do you have advice? Um, I try to delete my social media apps from my phone. Like, I'll delete Instagram from my phone sometimes. If I find myself looking at those too much and remind myself that, People are posting what they want you to see, you know, and, and also like comparatonitis is a place that you go to in your mind. And if you really stop and look at it and say some of those things out loud that you're saying to yourself or write uh-huh. them down and imagine, like, would you ever think that about anybody else? That would you ever say so that? And if, if you treat yourself like kindly, right. just try to treat yourself like you treat other people. If, if yeah, you're, would you ever you know, say nice that out loud to anybody else? Yeah, right. anybody else. So why are you saying it to yourself? Right. And just try to remember, like, to put down your phone when you can. So true. And just be present with the people who love you. Remind yourself, look, there's so many actors out there. Catherine Hahn, oh my gosh. I compare myself to Judy Greer. The other people, I think, oh, God, look at they're doing so much better. But I think about what I'm doing and, right. and what I have and my friends and my life. It's all good. Uh-huh. Oh, that's awesome. So Until it's just, not, and then you've got to right? remind yourself. <laughs> and then what do you hope people take away from Impulse? I mean, you're not alone. It's a story about a girl who's kind of a loner, and anyone who's had any kind of trauma, like, you can go there and, and realize there's help. We have the rape and incest hotline at the end of, awesome. of each episode, and... and um, you're not alone. Okay, awesome. And if you want to watch Impulse, yes. you just go to YouTube. Everything is free now, or you can subscribe to Premium and binge watch season two right now. And Missy, Thanks. great to catch up with you. Thanks, and Rachel. next project, come back on. Love to chat again. I sure will. That's actor Missy Pyle. Make sure you check out Impulse on YouTube. And guys, did you get that? When you find yourself going down that comparisonitis path, delete that app off your phone for a bit and treat yourself kindly. Now go refill that coffee cup. We're going to be right back. Famed music producer Charles Wallert is up next. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show, where you get positivity so you can see your possibility. 
Amp up the rock and roll energy in your life with classic rock coffee. With drinks like the Woodstock Herbal Blend Tea or Crazy On You Caramel Coffee, plus protein shakes, breakfast all day, and some seriously delish power bars. Mm, it's just the shot you need to kick your life into high gear. Drive through or stop in Classic Rock Coffee, 72nd and Military in Omaha. And guys, don't forget to check out the bathrooms with, with the, the lights, lights off. off. Uh-huh. Classic Rock Coffee. Kick off the holidays at That Pottery Place, 78th and Dodge in Beverly Hills Plaza. It's the Friends and Family Painting Party, Friday, November 15th from 6.30 to 9 p.m. A night of bonding with your special people before the holiday season gets so busy. Special pricing and special heirloom pieces, Friday, November 15th. ThatPotteryPlaceOmaha.com We've got you covered. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. It's Rachel here with your radio sisters, Bo and Allie. Okay, guys, what do Joe Namath, Phil Spector, and George Benson have in common? Well, music producer Charles Waller. Now, his life reads like a movie and probably will be, but he's here right now to talk some upcoming projects, some with George Benson, the movie and screenplay, We Made Them Dance, but he mostly is here to talk about Benny Marcella, A Special Kind of Love, and he'll sprinkle your weekend with music and creativity. Welcome, welcome to the show, Charles Wallert. Well, thank you. All my best to the sisters and everybody listening to Mulberry Lane. Ah, love having you on the show. Now, you've had such a history, so many twists and turns in your career. You've worked with greats such as George Benson, Dionne Warwick, O.C. Smith. You are kind of known as the singer's producer. But the way you fell into producing, it was a passing comment by Phil Spector. So talk a little bit about how all this came about. Well, I could read music before I could read English. My first paying job was at seven, imitating Elvis, and I got paid $20. Wow. I was in a band in high school. We did very well, but I also had a love and passion for football. I played quarterback, and I went to college at Central Connecticut State on a football scholarship, got hurt, came back. To New York to finish up my education. During that time, when I was a young teenager, I uh, was coached by Hank Stram from the Kansas City Chiefs at the camp. And I managed to meet Joe Namath at a game, and later on we met. And we became very good friends at Bachelors 3, which I later became a partner of. We were out in Los Angeles doing the Flip Wilson show. So during that week, I had seen Elvis perform several times, but he was performing in Las Vegas. And I said, well, you know, let me go out and catch him. So Joe said, let me make the arrangements for you. And he totally surprised me. At the end of the show, Joe Esposito came and got me, and I met Elvis, and it was amazing. Wow. So when I came back to Los Angeles that night, we used to go to a place called La Taverna, and Joe and Jimmy Walsh's attorney was there, and this little guy, all in black, said to me, you saw Elvis, what did you think of the show? And we get into this heavy musical conversation about what I thought about the backgrounds, tone, the whole bit. And he said, what record company are you with? I said, I'm not. I own a restaurant, Bachelors 3. And unbeknownst to me, Jimmy Walsh looked at the guy and said, uh, no, he's not kidding. And he said, young man, let me tell you something. He said, uh, I don't think I've ever told this to anybody, but if you uh, never considered being a record producer, that's what you should do. And that gentleman was Phil Spector. So I, I kind of took that seriously. You know, I talked about in life that you can believe in yourself, and you should intrinsically feel that. But when somebody who's accomplished something and gives you a compliment like that, it does a little something. It triggers something in you 
to go forward, and it's something you can always remember. So now, in your songwriting, you kind of come from a place of emotion. Rather than just, you know, writing lyrics or music, you kind of write to an emotion. So do you feel like that was key to your success? Absolutely. You know, it's like anybody can hear something, Mm -hmm. but when you feel something, that's what happens. And now at this stage of my life, I could articulate it more. Think about this. When you hear a song, for the first time. That song's got to come out and grab you because you're not sitting by the radio saying, gee, I'm going to hear a great song. Right. You might be painting your house, driving in the car, and that song's got to come and grab you. And I find that through my life experiences and feelings, that comes out the best. For example, when I write, I never pick up an instrument and I don't do anything for 24 hours. Okay. If it still sticks with me, then I write out the words, establish a strict melody. Then I may go on the guitar and piano, I have that melody without the influence of an arrangement. Okay. Then as a producer, you know, I listen to it and I feel the emotion and that's how I guide the arranger. Let's put strings here or French horn there. Okay. And when we do the track, obviously I know what the lyrics are, but I want to hear that track and see if those musical passages make me feel musically that emotion that I know the words are eventually going to be there. It's always working together for the best of the emotional side of things. Absolutely. If you're just pulling up a chair, you're listening to the singer's producer, Charles Wallert, here on the Mulberry Lane Show. You were really destined for a music career. <laughs> I guess so. You know, you got to open up and let the intelligence express through you. That and is that's, so that's true. what I do. The only difficulties I've had in life is when I try to make, so to speak, square pegs fit into round holes. That doesn't mean you're not diligent and try what you have to do. Uh-huh. But sometimes you just have to let things congeal and come about the way they're supposed to. But yet, I'm not gun-shy. I'm not saying, well, you know, this happened to me years ago, and I don't trust it. No, I go into everything like it's brand new and feel that I am divinely guided, guarded, directed, and protected. I love that. So now talk about (laughs) the Benny Marcella single, A Special Kind of Love. It is the ultimate father-daughter song. And what we're getting, a lot of people who their dads are not here all over the country, all over the world. Gee, it reminds me of my dad. I miss my dad. So, you know, it's great to share and remind somebody of love. Right. So I like to unite people, not divide. That's the purpose of music, really. I believe so, because it's the universal language for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so difficult to go through things, especially with social media and everything, and, you know, compare yourself. How have you dealt with that kind of pressure, stayed in your lane when there's all this comparison stuff happening? Basically, you become your own worst enemy if you want to compete with anybody. The only one you compete with is yourself. And all I say is go back and look at the great people who've ever done anything. They've been ridiculed, persecuted, or whatever. But read about these people. They never stop holding on to their dreams. You make the dreams a reality by being diligent. Sometimes you've got to plow the field, and sometimes you've got to just be still. The main thing, your energy will be a magnet to attract whatever you need to do it. Just stay the course. That doesn't mean be nilly-willy and don't do anything. But have that inner feeling. People say all the time, think positive. Well, that's good. But if you don't feel positive, it's not going to work. I just say stay still, be calm. When you stay calm, then you become that magnet of what you need. Know your craft. Be passionate about that. Be knowledgeable about that. That subconscious information that you get will come out through you. I happen to be fortunate to grow up in an era where music was eclectic and all good. Mm -hmm. You know, you had to be great in the studio, you had to be great live. Mm -hmm. And I believe it will come back to that now as the companies kind of have 
become really more marketing companies. This world was created by people who really cared about the music. Right. And there was music before there was the music business, and it will always be that way. I love that thought. Well, Charles, we want to thank you so much for joining the show. It's great to get your thoughts and your encouragement. And next time there's a project out, we'd love to have you back. Well, I'd love to be back. And again, to all you listeners out there, we support you. We love you. Remember, a special kind of love, Benny Marsala. You can find it on YouTube, and you can also go to CD Baby. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate sharing my thoughts with you and hopefully encouraging some people and putting smiles on people's faces. That's the singer's producer, Charles Wallert, here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Gotta love that part where he says, what you know, what's in your subconscious will really come through you. So that's a good thing to hold on to because if you've spent a lot of time honing your craft, it does show. Mm, so good to be reminded of that, right? Well, guys, when we come back, you'll meet Tegan Gerard. She has over a million Instagram followers. She's got a new cookbook. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show, where you tune in and see your path just a little clear. A special kind of love is what you give to me. A special kind of love. Albert Einstein. Creativity is contagious. Pass it on. Welcome back to the Mulberry Lane Show. I'm Bo here with my sisters, Rachel and Allie. When it comes to cooking, if someone says delicious and super simple, I say count me in. Tegan Gerard is here today to tell you all about her new book, Half-Baked Harvest Super Simple, more than 125 recipes from instant, overnight, meal-prepped, and easy comfort foods. We can't wait for you guys to meet Tegan. She's been featured on the Cooking Channel, Food Network, and Good Morning America. And with 1 million followers on Instagram, we're so happy to introduce you to her today. Welcome, welcome to the show, Tegan Gerard. Thank you so much. I'm really excited. Uh, it's great to have you today. So I feel like this cookbook is speaking right into my life right now because you've got yummy recipes with fewer ingredients for those weekday nights when we're totally on a time crunch. So tell us about some of the recipes that are featured in this book. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this book. It, like you said, it's super simple. So all of the recipes are very approachable and focused on, you know, throwing together in just a, a moment's time. I have a slow roasted Moroccan salmon that is just delicious. And what's really great about that is that this whole salmon recipe is made on one sheet pan. So there's acorn squash, there's the salmon, and then I partnered with Palm Wonderful today. Okay. And I topped that salmon with pom-pom fresh arrows, which I think add just like this really nice burst of flavor and pop of color. You know, we kind of all eat with our eyes. Yes. So it's really important that we are creating recipes that are visually appealing just as much as they are delicious. And that's so, kind of what you're known for, too, on your Instagram feed. It's not only, you know, is the food delicious, but it looks really good, too. Exactly. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, so I always try to create recipes that scream, eat me, because I think that if you're not creating, you know, food that doesn't look good, then no one's going to want to try it. And the good thing about that, too, is, you know, I have two kids, and especially when it's healthy and it can look good, then it's even better because they want to eat it. 
Exactly. If you are going to give your kid something green, at least make it look edible. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> give us just like a really quick version of your journey, how Half-Baked Harvest has come to life. So I have been cooking really since I was in middle school. I'm one of seven kids, yeah. so dinner time was always a little bit chaotic. My dad worked full-time 9 to 5, and my mom wasn't much of a cook. We would always joke that she would have dessert on the table before dinner was even thought about. <laughs> you know, none of us complained about, but really just as an effort to kind of help my dad and you know, not eat dinner so late, I started cooking, and I really grew a love for uh, the reactions of my family members, and I had a lot of fun with it. So I okay. would get creative with recipes and eventually just sort of started, you know, making up my own. So when I graduated high school, I started Half-Baked Harvest, and the rest is kind of history. I, wow. Uh, here I am. And now you live in the mountains, right? Yeah, I live in uh, Colorado, uh, way up in the mountains. And then your family is next door? Yeah, so I am next door neighbors with my family. We also have the Half-Baked Harvest studio right in that same area, so it's really, really nice to have this, like, little... Uh, three-way thing going there with, yes. uh, with Barnes. So we love that here because we're all about family here because it's an all-sister group who does this show together. So we love the support that, I, and I'm sure you feel the support of your family. Yeah, my family is great. There is nobody that supports me more than them. And gosh, I, they're all my, all my brothers are my best friends. Good. Awesome. Okay, so before we let you go, we always like to leave with a little bit of advice. And so our topic this week is on comparing yourself or your progress to other people. What would you tell someone when they kind of get a little bit behind on the comparison game and they get a little bit down on themselves. Yeah, I have definitely been there. It's the absolute worst. My best advice is to simply not do it. Like if you find yourself going through Instagram or wherever yes. it is, stop, put the phone down or stop whatever you're doing and just don't do it because that is the biggest waste of time. Like if you want to progress in whatever you're doing, there's no point in wasting time thinking about what other people are doing. Just think about you, focus on you and where you want to be and then start making moves to get there. I love that. Well, Tegan, thanks so much for joining us on the show. And the new book is Half-Baked Harvest, Super Simple. Thanks, Allie. That's Tegan Gerard with her new cookbook, More Than 125 Recipes from Instant Overnight Meal Prepped and Easy Comfort Foods. Mm, sounds good. All right, guys, now it's time for show notes, our favorite part of the show where we share the best bits of advice from each guest on this episode with you to take into your week. Let's do this. Okay, first off today, you heard from Dave Perner of Soul Asylum. Now, he talked about how everything went wrong for the band all the time. They just embraced this and they found success by laughing at the circumstances. Now, as far as comparisons go, he said he always looked at other bands' successes as an opportunity. Maybe we'll be the next one. So if you find yourself comparing and getting down on yourself, maybe embrace the success of others because it can be good for everyone. There's room for you too. All right, Rachel, what did Missy Pyle say? All right, well, Hollywood actress Missy Pyle says she often gets caught up in comparison, especially on Instagram. She just deletes the app from her phone. She doesn't actually remove her account she just gets it out of her reach for a while now she says comparisonitis is a place you go in your mind and when you really stop and think about the things you're telling yourself would you say that out loud to anyone else right so if you're being that hard on yourself to the point where you wouldn't say it to anyone else she says just stop and remember to be kind to yourself put down your phone be present with those you love 
And she says it's so important to stop and look at everything you've accomplished. So some wise words from Hollywood actress Missy Pyle. I really like that. Next up, you heard from famed music producer Charles Waller. Now regarding comparisons, he said basically you become your own worst enemy when you start competing with anyone. You only want to compete with yourself. So go back and look at all the great people who ever accomplished something. Most likely they were ridiculed and persecuted, but they never stopped going after their dreams. Your energy will be a magnet to attract whatever you need to do. Stay still, be calm. When you are calm, you become the magnet of what you need. Love that. Then Instagram cooking superstar Tegan Gerard said to just stop, put your phone down. Not only does it bring you down, but it can be the biggest waste of time. If you want to progress in whatever you're doing, there's no point in looking at what other people are doing. Concentrate on yourself, focus on you, and start making the moves to get yourself where you want to be. It's very succinct and to the point. So guys, today you met four people who are very successful in their own fields, and they too get caught up in comparing themselves to other people. But they've picked up a few tools along the way. We hope you can take into your life what they've learned and put it to good use. That's why we're here, helping you have a better week. See you same time, same place next weekend, where it's all about making your passion your work. Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a wrap. And to all the veterans listening, happy Veterans Day. We salute you. Oh